but yeah, he had a he had a few good ones. Um, you know, he, what do you think of his stuff with Brock? Because he had different matches with Brock. He oh, beat Brock. Oh god, the one where he got his face fucked up made me laugh my ass off. Yeah, superb. It was like it, yeah. was, it was all of that, all that resentment that we felt towards him in those early years coming to the forefront because it was just like, yes, yeah, just batter him, just fucking destroy him, it's brilliant. gentlemen welcome to this this as you can tell by the title and because it's us obviously it's screwdriver with a twist which is always a difficult one for me to say i always want to say shooting from the horse's ass which is a series that i haven't done for over a decade so there's absolutely no explanation why that is i'm mark p he's dan agar and tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit different as we always seem to like to do tonight i want to talk I want to do a little bit of almost like a quick fire questions. So this is going to go one of two ways, is it not? Am I going to ask Dan a load of questions, or Dan's going to ask me a load of questions, and you go bam, 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 or when I get a question and go off on a tangent, as we have as we have a habit of doing, and we'll just talk waffle about one question. Who is it? Is it um, Kevin Smith? Have you ever seen one of Kevin Smith's Q and A's? The, the film director. He'll yeah, uh, yeah. in an hour and a half, two hour Q and A, he'll answer three questions. Yeah. <laughs> I can that sounds see. Like one of ours, I can like. see. I can see this being like that. I remember when I used to do Q and A's back in the day. It was always like I'd see after my hundredth question. It was always like, oh fuck off. But um, I promise you, the, the three so far questions that I've got for you, Mister Agar, are um, pretty damn good. Um, are you using Twitter at all since? I mean, it's been three weeks since we recorded. Have you used Twitter at all in that time? Do you I have? Still, I still have Shocker. Twitter. Uh, right, so what's, your, what's your TikTok then? Do you, do you make TikToks? I know that you use TikTok. You don't, oh, you use it, but you don't make them. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't, even, I haven't been even using that. Wow. You are yeah. a, uh, I'm not having any of social media, so I'll do uh, just, just, nah, nah. Did you just whack your finger there, by the way? I really did. Nice, because yeah. that's new. Yeah. Better than I'm doing. I'm just say, on the subject of jobbing, I swear your old show was called Shooting from the Horse's Mouth. Yes, it was, yes. Yes, not shooting from horses' ass. I just, I just, I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna see if anyone picked it up in the comments. But thank you for shooting that down for me. Right then, um, so all our social medias and all the usual good stuff are down below. If you're listening to this on Spotify, which is um, you know how I do it because I wouldn't have to look at my own ugly mug, um, then all the descriptions and all the links and stuff are in the description down below. I think it's time for the first question, and I am gonna go first. It's a nice, simple one. Are you ready? Hey, we get to hear the music, the millionaire music, like loads of times on this one as well. Fuck yeah, that makes me really yeah. pleased. <laughs> well, I have lifeguards to use, can I? You know, <laughs> you can phone, can phone, can phone with, with this first question. You can well, def- let's just off the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, um, feel free in the comments. Please answer these questions um, as you see fit. I'd really <laughs> always love to know. Our last video had three comments, so we were very pleased about that. You know, an all-time record. Thank you very much. So. First question, okay? Ready? So, your first question, Mr. Ace, is uh, what is your favourite wrestling entrance music and why? I can hear the millionaire music in my head now. I think when you look at entrances as a package, so as the actual entrance, the character and the music, the music has to fit the character. Of course. Right? I don't think anyone can, well, I mean, you will, but I don't think anyone can argue that in terms of a, a, a package, the best one was Taker, Undertaker. Okay. From the minute the gong hit to, you know, the smoke and coming out, uh, you know, the pyro, you know, everything sort of worked. And which, you that. which is your favourite Undertaker music? Phenom Taker. So just like the classic, you know, Graveyard Symphony or whatever. Okay, yeah, because you know, there's, there's a lot to be said about Ministry Taker, isn't there? Yeah, that music is. For some reason, maybe that's just the genius of Jim Johnson. He just managed to make it, you know, so applicable to whatever the character was at that point. Mm. And I think from the, from the minute he debuted, it was just fine. 
You've done it now. You've done it. Made a big mistake. The worst thing is that Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but I think it, as a whole, uh, you know, in terms of entering music on its own, um, oh, I really enjoyed uh, Stings with the jo- Why is he laughing? I'm just that, that song is just, is the lyrics are so bad. Yeah, they are, they are. I mean, we could do worst entry music as well, but that could be a whole other topic, but um, I enjoyed yeah, that. a whole episode, really good. Yeah, Sting's pro music was good, and I liked it when they used um, Seek and Destroy by Metallica as well. That was that was cool. Um, but yeah, just just uh, to answer your question, take us hands down. Fair enough. I'm sure you already know, John. And if you've been a long time viewer of my videos, um, it won't be a surprise to you that my favourite entrance music is uh, Rick Rude's WCW theme, which you'll hear right now. Um, I, I, I really like this, not only because it's a catchy song, which I do think always have, I think this song tells you everything you need to know about Rick Rude before he's even got in the ring. I think um, it tells you about his character, it tells you about his finishing move, it tells you everything, what a type of man he is. So if you're watching wrestling for the first time and you hear that, fucking great. It's like... Um, Oh, that's the other one I was thinking of. Oh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff's WCW theme. Similar sort of thing. You know, it tells you all about him, how great he is, and that is that. Because the example I would use is that um, so many wrestlers come up to Generic Rock 4 or Generic Rock 17. This has just got a ge- just a generic thing. And what does that tell you about a thing? I'll tell you something. I'll tell you, if we ever do um, an, an entire episode about entrance music, well, I really think we should. Isn't it odd how these people have got like... Um, I think it's already going that way, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to head that way, isn't it? But I was going to mention about um, Robert Roode in NXT. His glorious theme glorious. Was, yeah, more, yeah. was more over than he was. Yeah. You know, that's just a thought that popped into his head. So that's my first question. My, my answer is Robert Rude. I don't have Robert Rude. It's bloody has Rick Rude. I'm getting myself confused now with too many, too many Rudes. What's your? What's your, <laughs> I didn't just wipe my hand. What's what's um? Yeah. What's your first question? Bath Millionaire music. I'll I'll just play on that because obviously you told me your favourite theme. What's your favourite entrance, like character-wise? So I answer Taker. What's your favourite entrance as a package? Thing is, I think I think you've hit the nail there. To be honest, wrestling is um, wrestling. <laughs> <coughs> that pull was too big. <coughs> Edit that. <bit. coughs> oh, don't leave it in. <coughs> Fuck's sake. Wrestling's all about the. <laughs> Wrestling so, is so much about the uh, the performance and the pantomime of it, isn't it? So yeah, I think you think you've hit the nail on the head. I think um, Undertaker's is the best entrance. Um, I think outside of a few WrestleMania special entrances, you know, like Unders- uh, not Undertaker, fucking hell, Triple H always used to have good entrances, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's so a good song for him as well. You got a lot of oh head. god, yeah, yeah, god, yeah, all his, all his tunes, all his Motorhead tunes. Yeah, must say, yeah. And, you know, my time was a good one as well. Actually, now I think about yeah. it. Um, but yeah, for for general week on week, week in week out, you, you can't go wrong with the Undertaker. Was that your question? Or was that was just ripping on mine? By the way, that that was my my question. Um, Fair enough. So oh, yeah, right want to steal my answer? Go for it. It's hard to argue with that, in my opinion. I think if anybody, if you ask that question to anybody, they'd probably have the same answer. Can I have a set? Of, can I have a, an, an also? Yeah, you know, can I just have an honourable mention? I think yeah. in both terms of entrance and fucking music, you can't go wrong with the fucking brood, can you? Yeah, that was really cool. That was really Where cool. They came they came the stage, yeah. ring of yeah. fire around it. Great theme tune. They, they the brood go to show that a a faction doesn't have to live forever to, or for a long time to be to be seared into your fucking mind. But also. Mm-hmm. You know, Gangrel wasn't exactly Mr. Talent, was he? He was a great character. And oh dear God, he was poor on the microphone. Um, but yeah, seriously memorable. Whereas, you know, we always seem to come back to this sort of thing where we talk about um, 
the modern you know, old times versus modern times. Yeah, there's so many generic cookie cutter wrestlers these days. Anyway, you, oh, you sorry, go you know, I was just going to say, you look at like the, the different eras in the business and, you know, all of them had their fair share of characters. You know, you had the Hogan Warrior and everything. And then you went on and you had the Attitude Era. Mm. And everybody, if you weren't a character, if you weren't original, you didn't get over. That's correct, you know? yeah. Now, being honest with you, you know, I probably can't name you half the people on the roster. Well, because they're all, they're all wrestler A, wrestler B, mm. and whatnot. We were talking about this the other day. And it's just like, you know, there's no attraction to the character anymore. Well said. Yeah. Um, well said and on the that. music was a big part of that as well. I think that's a very good point. And nowadays they've got it's it's not only just it's not just a Jim Johnson. They've got their own in-house writers, so that they own everything. You know, if you look at a lot of old network shows, there's a lot of times when they're dubbing in entrance music, even though it's quite like it's a but it's your music. How can you? Why are you doing this? It's so they don't have to pay someone like Jim Johnson any sort of royalties. Holy, I think the company now, isn't it? Fuck yes, I think so. Yeah, but I think yeah. that's I mean that's. I'm just, you know, just a quick far question, just off my question, if I may. Go on. Um, otherwise, it will turn into an episode about about music. It's just you remember the uh, the old W uh, W E C Ds uh, they used to release every year, of course, yeah. like, the music yeah. volume one. Yeah, two, of course. Whatever. What was your favourite one? Um, there must have been one you kept because I remember your originals review. That doesn't count, right? Oh, I'm not trying to get you to talk about that. Say, I was just going to give you a rendition of Put a Little Ass on it there because you know, it's, it's <laughs> please, a please Well, my, my, um, <laughs> wrestle entrance. We're, we're such, we, we're such weird characters as wrestling fans, are we? I had many copies of, I had many, many, many wrestling entrance music CDs. Um, and you'd play them. And you'd play, if your mates came around, you could put them on shuffle, couldn't you? And play guess the, guess the person. Yeah. Tell you something. If you ever had a fucking girl around, you fucking hid those CDs away, didn't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. My favourite one was the anthology CD, which is the three CD set. So oh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was you know, the um, CD one was old school stuff. CD two yeah. was like actually era new generation stuff, and then CD three was the now. That came out. I think that came out in two thousand two or two thousand three, and that got a lot of playing because that was around the time where, um, that was around the time where my friends and I were just learning to drive, so we were out going on big ass road trips, and those CDs got heavily played around that time. Yeah. Oh yes, ladies and gentlemen, let us know your favorite engine music. Let us know why in the comments. I'm intrigued. Always am. So, ready for my next question, Bus? So this is the one that's been because I've been thinking about this recently, um, and I'll tell. I, I can if you want to have a time. To, if you need time to think about it, um, I can tell you what my examples are, where this score came from, if you like. So I want to know wrestlers that back in the day you didn't rate, um, and then you've changed your mind on. So like I say, if you need time to think about it, do you want me to just tell you mine? Yeah. So recently I saw a picture of fucking Nathan Jones. Now, trust me, he is not the one that I thought was underrated. But what I was, what, what got me thinking? On so I was thinking around the time that um, Nathan Jones came along. So we're talking like two thousand and three, aren't we? And I was thinking about how you had people like him, and you had Heidenreich, you had Gene Snitsky, you had Matt Morgan was in the Fed for a while. You had these quite a lot of big men came along, and they were all to a man fucking terrible. And what have got so what got me thinking is um, is I was I was thinking how I back in the day didn't care for them and subsequently look, sort of look back at them and go do you know he wasn't that bad and the examples that I will give you are one of your favourite fucking tag teams and that's Test and Albert so both of them at the time I would just go do you know I don't give two shits about Test. I don't yeah. give a flying fuck about Albert. Um, in the matches that they had, I'm not going to say that they, I didn't enjoy that matches. You, you know, Fully Loaded 2000, which is one of our go-to shows there in the opening contest. It's one of the best openers you'll ever see. It's fucking brilliant. But they're the exam- they, they got me thinking of just two big dudes who I didn't give two fucks about at the time. But looking walking back at them now, I go, God damn, that could, could definitely work. Albert is massively underrated, especially. And the other reason I got thinking about this is um, I saw, I watched... Um, Test versus Brock Lesnar from um, King of the Ring 2002 
about a week ago now, and sat there going, this is fantastic. What a brilliant little hidden gem of a match that is. So there, yeah, there are two examples. Test and Albert are examples of, um, like I say, men that at the time didn't give a fuck about it. Everyone knows the story about me and Paige and, and fucking Savage, don't they? So I wanted to say something different. They're, they're the two that, um, that got me thinking on that line. What, what about yourself? I guess in that sense, the first one that comes to mind is um, Jay White, who wrestles for New Japan. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah, when he came along, I was just like, I just didn't care. I just wasn't, you know, I just wasn't fussed about him at all. And then he started having good match after good match, started having great match after great match. And now he's at where he's at. And he's like, you know, believable main event, a really good at what he does. So now I've just got a, you know, just sort of like a, an interest in his matches now. And it's probably, he's probably the first one that comes to mind. In terms of um, maybe more globally, um, I'm going to say the Young Bucks. You know, I just, when they started, I just didn't care. It was just, you know, it was all... Did you, did you see them for the first time in TNA? Yes. Was... No, Ring of Honor, I think. Ring of Honor. Um, something. Or PWG, one of them. I don't remember. Um, but I was just like, you know, I just didn't care. I thought they were a Hardy Boys ripoff. Um, wow. And then, you know, to come to the stage they're at now, they have, even if they're spot fest, their matches are must-see. Mm. You know, so I think that in... That, that is a trend. big surprise, because we used to love watching PW, old PWG shows together, yeah. and they were normally in great matches, the box were. Yeah, but I just didn't really... <coughs> yeah, now it's like, you know, you have to sort of, you know, if you, if you, if you see them on a show, you know that, they, that it's going to be a good match, mm. even if it's spot fest. Hmm. So I think they'll probably be my, my two answers. Nice. See? Nice and quick. Just a little yeah. one. What's your next question, dude? Okay. Um, oh, here's one I'm interested in. Apart from the um, Attitude Era one, because I know how much you love it, what is your favourite belt design? Championship oh, belt design. dear. So yeah, so what Dan's alluding to, I'm sure, I'm sure long-term viewers of mine know that I used to have quite an extensive belt collection. Nowadays, for one reason or another, I only have the one, and I've got the um, Attitude Era World Championship. More than anything else, because it's my favourite one, and it's my first one. So that one proudly lives on my stairs, just there. Just literally, if you look, if you look, if you stand on that stair there, if you look up on the stairs, that is where my belt hangs. Um, so every day I come down and there is reminding me that I am indeed the world heavyweight champion. Um, my apart outside of that one, may I have two? Because I've got two that are about equal. Um, one that I unfortunately I never got the chance to own. Um, so the first one was that one, which is the NWA World Heavyweight Championship Championship uh, belt. Oh. I I wouldn't say championship title, but that no, championship belt, which came out as championship championship because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, that one is a really simple design. It's and it's got uh, because it's such an old school belt as well. It's got that um, the historical wow factor. It's the yeah. one that um, if it's, it's like if you hung it up in your house, if just yeah. a generic. You know, someone who's not too heavily into wrestling just but what's that? But if you see one in person, I've. I've I really hope I can find this now. I've I've held one once. I've got a photo of myself, which, like I said, if it's not on the screen now, it means I can't find the content photo. But um, yeah, um, I once got was once around at a house of a, of a wrestling friend, and he was telling me he's got this like just boxes and boxes of wrestling stuff that he's collected over the years. And we, oh, what about this? What's in this one, mate? And he opened it. Oh, oh it's th and it's like it's a less like it's a nothing. Uh, oh, it's just it's just that and I pulled it out and put it on my shoulder. I was like, "Oh, you wouldn't have no idea what I want, or what I would do to have this belt." <laughs> God damn it! That thing is bloody lovely. The other one I did own, and I um, got it as a gift for my twenty-first birthday. So I deeply regretted selling it when I did, but I was desperate for money, so I had no choice, and that was the undisputed um, championship belt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, it was like I say, it had a lot of special memories for it. It was fucking huge. People probably don't realise that one with the, the size of that main plate um, mm. was really, really lovely. Interestingly, I shot myself. I think I've told this story in the past when I did the ten years ago series. But I, 
I fucked myself over with it because when JBL won the championship, I put my mine in his bag and said that I won't let it out of his bag until he loses the championship. So it sat in his bag for A, a very long time, and then B, when he lost it to John Cena, John Cena debuted the spinner belt the next night. So like, right, there we are. Then they go, there goes that then. And it's never really been seen since, which has always bothered me because it was mm. such a good-looking thing. It was almost like it was a combination of the of the two belts, you know, it probably was, wasn't it? The World Heavyweight Championship and the so the WCW Championship and the WF Championship fused yep. into two. And you did, there's the design you've got. Um, yep. Yeah, those those two. If just one, one more, if I may, the one that I, the other one that I never owned was the Attitude Era Intercontinental Championship. I would that, have that loved. Would have been my answer, yeah. I would have yep. loved to have one of those. Yeah. Do you say that's yours as well? That would have been my second choice. Obviously, the Attitude Era was the, the first one. Because I, th- I, I, I never thought it looked right. And as you can see on your screen, I can do some comparisons for you. But you know the way how the Attitude Era one, it says Intercontinental Championship around it. Well, the, way it went, the way it went over the top of the... When they put a nameplate on it, when they, when they changed it to the WWE logo and they put a nameplate on it, just didn't quite think it looked right. Whereas mm. the Attitude Era version was fucking pucker. Really nice. Yeah, really like that. So yeah, that's that's. You asked me for one, and I gave you four because why the fuck not? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just curious about that because I, I know you've also no. got the the uh, the attitude era title, and mm. it just you know, it's just things you know, what what other ones does he like? I never asked you that. Yeah. Um, my next one. Are you ready? Go for it, dude. Um, what is your favourite submission move and why? And it, I've put in brackets just in case. It doesn't have to be a finisher. It can just be a submission move. Any submission move. What was it called? Was it Cattle Mutilation? Cattle Mutilation. Daniel Bryan's one. That's the one. So the full, yeah. full Nelson face lock and then flipped over so you, he's upside That's down. Yeah. That yeah. is a lovely, lovely looking move, isn't it? It's so good. You can do so much story with it because of the position that you can be in. You can, you know, you always go for the foot on the ropes. You try and crawl back, or he crawl forward. Yeah, it always good. I really enjoy that, and it just looks bloody painful. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I haven't seen one of those in such a long time. No, That's he doesn't really do it. Well, yes. Also, mm-hmm. ones that mine is is one that um, also. Can I guess it? Yes, please do. Not seen it for a long time. Texas Cloverleaf. He's got it in one. You see, you knew me too yeah. well, there, boss. Yeah, mine. <laughs> mine is the Texas Cloverleaf. I, th- I yeah. just think, I think that it's a pretty looking move, mm. and I think that it's. Um, I, 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 I just think it's just a little bit better than a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I I can't I can't actually believe you guessed that. That's really quite remarkable. Um, have you got any also's? Have you got like a second place one? Uh, I seem to love ones you just don't see. Bow and, Ar- Bow and arrow lock is one of mine. Yeah. Love yeah. that move, and fuck that hurts. Yeah. Um. In uh, what was it? Is it the Indian death lock? Um. Probably not. I'm trying to think, which is hard anyway. Dude, um, your finisher was a great submission. Uh, the. Iron Cross. That's yes, it. that was a great yeah. move. Is that has that ever been seen anywhere else? I don't think so. I used to, I used to say, I used to say, as Sir Arthur Hayes on commentary, I used to say that I've never seen that before, and I mean to this day, to this day, I don't think I've ever actually seen it. And it's great because you can't tap out of it. You've got to actually verbally quit, which is yeah, brilliant. that was the whole idea. Yeah. yeah, the funny story behind that one is that um, Sam and I were just, you know. Who's Sam? I played him one day. My, my, my younger brother Sam, we were, who did the uh, graphic at the start. Go check his stuff there out. You, you see, um, I see, I knock it up for him, bat it back, you see. Thank you very much. Well, <laughs> Sam should say thank you. Anyway, we, we were just mucking about one day. Like, li- literally, just, you know, wrestling used to do. And um, I got him hit. <laughs> and the gesture of him, like, you know, not, not screaming, but just getting frustrated that he couldn't get out of it and was just saying, you know, get off. So I was just like, hmm, I could use that. So yeah, um, I like that one. Um, if it's applied correctly, the million dollar dream oh, is really almost, nice. Almost, almost the words what I was going to say about my next one. If it's applied correctly, yeah, million dollar dream is really good. And um, I always love it when Kurt Angle um, puts an ankle lock on it. He put uh, like goes to the ground and wraps the legs. Oh yeah, so just, you know it's done. It just looks brutal. Yeah, I love it when wrestlers do that. I love it when you've yeah. got things where it's like you've got a certain move. 
or a certain spot or something and then mm. just a tiny little modification so with the ankle lock all he does is he lies down on the floor doesn't yeah. actually do it any tight or anything but that means that once he's once he's down on the ground there is no way out of it i, I love stuff like that it's interesting that you use the um the, the word in when it's applied properly because mine and it's something that i am just just i was just thinking about um how i mentioned oh, your your ubw thing is that i used to um i used to use a a, um, a lion tamer you used, oh, yeah. used to call it the hell's gate and um like the different the difference between a lion tamer back in the day and one nowadays it just it is just a bossom crab and it just doesn't look as good but when the lion tamer is applied properly and you've got all that the all, all the person's weights on their shoulder so again it's a legitimately painful maneuver and i used to put it on good and tight as well i used to get the people sinks up really good and i put a butcher's grip on my hands underneath their legs you can get out of this you can try if you want but if i won't let you you will not get out of it so if you ever watch you in UBW matches, they normally have it on for a second, and you see me undo the grip, and they push me out of it. But <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you put that one on me, and the worst thing was when you did it, I actually needed to sneeze. <laughs> you got to imagine, I've, I've literally got no control, and I'm bent up, so I can't actually sneeze. So yeah, that was just my story. But yeah, that was uh, yeah, I, I get why you like that one. And then um, your third question. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, okay, so, my word is, a star from previous generations who would work brilliantly in the company now, as in WWE as a character, and a character or a person now who would have worked great in a previous era. Do you? Oh, see, that means thinking, doesn't it? It well, you made me think. Like, can you tell me yours then, why you give me moments to think about it? Well, I didn't think of it. Well, I gave you, with, the, with my second question, I gave you... Alright, for example, I, I think, don't ask me why, I think, like, Papa Shango would work great now. I think, you know, you got something like Bray Wyatt, if that can get over as The Fiend, you know, why couldn't Papa Shango get yeah, over I was, now? I was thinking of The Fiend for back in the day, for, for not in the Attitude Era, but in the, in the, um, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a character, I think that could have worked. Yeah, probably. Um... It's just over the top, yeah, the over the top... You know, ness of it. Um, so yeah, I think Papa Shango would actually probably work quite well now. Um, in terms of someone now, I don't really follow it now. I'm um, just thinking like that's why it's that's why it's hard. Probably Finn Balor's demon would have worked well in the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah. Wrestlers from back in the day who would do well now. Or yeah, who would just their character would be absolutely fine with the current product. I mean, I, I don't know. Sometimes goofy at times, and you know, it's so it's so scripted. Some of the stuff they do, like we were talking about the money in the bank uh, matches from last year, where they went into like Vince's oh, office and that. Yes, yes, of you course, know, and it was yeah. like different skits throughout the match. It, it, it doesn't become a match; it becomes almost a, a skit of sorts. <laughs> Why are you reminding me about that again? Uh, <laughs> it's bad enough at the fucking time. Um, someone from back in the day who would still be right now. Uh, my 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 first one that I'm thinking of is Kurt Henning slash Mister Mister Perfect character from the uh, yeah. early '90s. Just because the fast-paced, heavy bumping style that he was so good at is just considered normal nowadays. Put so him in the ring with AJ Styles. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking in a, in a time where um, work rate and yeah, the actual in-ring ability is so damn high. I think someone who can actually go in the ring would be the most perfect fit. No pun intended. Jesus Christ, Marv. No, it would be the perfect fit. Have a word. <laughs> I th yeah, I think basically, if you're going to take any wrestlers from back in the day, I think the ones who would succeed now have got to be able to work. So mm. the uh, the slow, plodding, methodical wrestlers you got in the 80s just wouldn't, it just wouldn't wash today the pattern, the pace of the matches nowadays is so fast um say that so, so, yes yeah, so someone like someone like mr perfect you know not only would he fit in right now but, but he would you know, in a few years would be like a five-time champion because that's the way yeah, it works nowadays. Yeah. You know, back in the day he wasn't ever the world champion whereas nowadays like i say he'd be multiple time champion I, I, reason for that question is i was reading i think it was jr an interview with jr um that was done earlier in the week and he was talking about lex luger and how Luger never got sort of um, 
the, the, the main event run. Because well, the, the, uh, the DX Express. <laughs> fucking hell. Two points. <gasps> the Delex Express. Yeah. The Delex Damn. Express. Damn. Yeah. How he never got over in the main event, and I'm in, in the main event uh, picture, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, if, if he was around sort of now in the same character, would that work? Or is it just too corny? But the thing is, WWE right now is thriving off being corny. So he probably he, he could have probably worked there, but, but I don't know. Um, he just it just that's what what sort of triggered the question. Interesting. Yeah, I, I'm struggling with I'm struggling with both of it side both sides are outside of Mister Perfect. I'm struggling. With just, the Fiend's the only one I can because re- because if you go back to the new generation and before that, a wrestler from now would have to be fucking massive. Yep. Wouldn't they to get over uh, to even have a place on the roster? So I mean, I know it's just been released as of this, as of this recording, but you know, sort of like Braun Strowman would probably have fitted straight in because yeah, he's massive. Yeah. Um, who else is big? Uh, Lashley would probably, you know, main eventer for years because look at someone like Junkyard Dog. I mean, he was a, he had all the charisma, didn't he? But he wasn't a m- massive guy compared to someone no. like Lashley. Um, yeah, there's two examples I can think. Of. Like I say, it's it's someone from the back of the day would have to be able to work. Someone from now needs to be able to work a slower pace. But look, uh, how big? Because yeah, it didn't even need to fucking talk because we had so many managers back in the day. It doesn't matter about how how good they are. I mean, Lashley's not exactly you know the greatest guy on the stick, is he? Let's be fair. Yeah, great question that one, dude. Let us know in the comments um, what you think. Now we're gonna go to Twitter. For my next one, because I asked um, the fans and we had a few um, few questions. So Dan, I'd like to, uh, I, I would like to know, but more importantly, Shady ninety five, which is at Rick E nineteen ninety five, asks, has your opinion on John Cena changed over the past few years? Which I think is a re- not only is a really good question, but for a quick fire, go. No, not really. No, no. Just think, fucking hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I probably I probably should have said. So, what is your opinion on John Cena? Not just a has it changed? Well, no. <laughs> to answer it, no. Uh, I think he got out of the business everything that he possibly could. I think he, he left when it was the right time for him to leave. There wasn't anything else for him to really do. Gotcha. He he feuded with you know current guys. He feuded with uh, guys from the past. He did everything he needed to. There's nothing else that he needed to do in the business. Mm. I, you know, I, as a performer, you know, it's, I don't have a problem with him. I know everyone pokes fun at him for being sort of the Fruity Pebble cartoon character and stuff. But when it came time to work, when he needed to work, he Fruity would work. Pebbles. What's your favourite scene in match ever? Oof. Jeez. Um... You answer if, if you about your opinion, and I'll come back with an answer for that. Okay. Um, so to answer the second part of that question, my favourite scene in match is probably the uh, Iron Man match he had with uh, Shawn Michaels on Raw, which I think from was about ninety seven. Oh, yeah. No, no, ninety seven, two thousand and seven, something like that. Um, my opinion has gone from I think I was a, a typical smart back in the day. I think it was your, um, I think I a I think it was the Indian thing to do was to boo Cena. But at the same yeah. time, I think my part of it, because of the age that I was, I mean, he debuted 2003, didn't he? First title, my first title was in 2005. So, yeah, um, early 20s kind of guy. Who the fuck is this being pushed down our throat? Where the fuck is Rock and Austin? Blah, 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 blah. Not really yeah. interested. Thought he was all right in the ring. I always felt like he was the type of wrestler who, if he had a decent opponent, who could carry him to a decent match? He was good, you know. So you Kurt Angles, you Shawn Michaels, your Undertakers, they were they were his best opponents. When it came to him carrying a lesser opponent, not quite as good. No. Um, I, I I felt like he was just forced down our throats, and he was just the guy. Um, and my fault was I mean, he was just doing no, his job. Was, it's like the how, 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 it's like how Roman Reigns has been these last few years. Yeah. Just you know, he is our chosen guy, and you will cheer him. And it works over time. You know, we get there in the end sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, I, 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 as, as he got into his career, as he has his matches with The Rock, 
and you know, and as, as it's, you know, when his career went to got to a point as all wrestlers do, where you start going to the point, okay, this guy's actually quite good, isn't he? And mm. also, I think we need to start enjoying this guy's matches because he's not going to be around for as long. You know, if it's, I think we're you know, ten years into his career, something like that. You start thinking like, just start enjoying this guy, you know, because he won't be here forever. Oh. And um, yeah, you'll miss him when he's gone, sort of thing. I think, yeah, I think I just I've got a lot of respect for him. His work, oh, yeah. his yeah. work ethic for the company when he was in it was unreal. Mm. You know, he, no one did more appearance than him. He learned foreign languages just so he could try and op- uh, broaden WWE's marketplace. That's yeah. dedication to the nth degree. And he, uh, you say the business doesn't owe him anything. He's beaten everyone there is to be. He's a what, fifteen-time champion. Something, something, something daft like that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of respect for the guy, and yeah, he's like I say, he's doing movies now, so that's good for him. He's got yeah. He he's in the rock's footsteps in that instance, mm. right? Yeah. Did everything he needed to do, and then went and did something else. Absolutely. Good for him for doing that. Yeah, so um, if I, he does come back, I want him to be infused where he's putting people over now. Oh yeah, yeah he, he yeah. is in that position where he can make some stars, and I think that'd be really good. Yeah, definitely. Um, to answer your question, I thought that now. The, the, the th- I don't know which one's my favourite, but the three, the th- there are three that come to mind. So there was the um, hell, uh, the hell is that? the um, TLC with Edge. It's a good match. Yeah. Uh, there was the one on Raw, which went and I think it went like in forty-five minutes or something with Sean. That's the one uh, I, Sean I just said. Yeah. Was it an Iron Man match? It was. It was either an Iron Man match or it went a fucking long time. Well, yeah, it was a long. I think it was a WrestleMania rematch, and yes. that was, yeah, quality. And the other one was, um, I like the I Quit match he had with um, JBL. Oh, okay, that was in like um, the summer of two thousand and five, wasn't it? it? Wasn't the WrestleMania one? No. No, no, no. It was the one after that. So his defense, hmm. and it kind of got JBL putting him over, and it was quite brutal. But it was, yeah, an enjoyable watch. His stuff with the Rock was alright. It's like they didn't need to have a second one. I mean, no, once no, in a life, no, like, no, 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 no. That was wank. No, the first one was all right. No, no, I no, I no. I'm saying, I'm saying that when, when they announced they were going to do it again, it's like you fucking lied to us for a year. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do that. Nah. don't do that. But yeah, he had a he had a few good ones. Um, you know, he, what do you think of his stuff with Brock? Because he had different matches with Brock. He oh, beat Brock. Oh god, the one where he got his face fucked up made me laugh my ass off. Yeah, and superb. It was like it, yeah. it was all of that, all that resentment that we felt towards him in those early years coming to the forefront because it was just like, yes, yeah, just batter him, just fucking destroy him. It's brilliant. Yeah, loved it. Yeah, glorious. Yeah. Oh, this is the main event: John Cena defeating Brock Lesnar in a good match. This is an interesting one. This was interesting. You see, I really don't like John Cena, so watching John Cena get the living shit kicked out of him makes me mark out. That's just a simple fact. Cena busted open in the first, what, 30 seconds from an errant elbow shot from Brock Lesnar. Brilliant. Blood everywhere. Cena and Lesnar's bust open. And then the finish, man. I didn't like the finish. As you'd hear it. See? On the brain. As you just on the steps gets the win. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> wrong man won, man. Wrong man won, in my opinion. My good friend Danny Ace completely disagrees with that, but he's a moron, so, you know, what could you say more about that? Anyway, so um, that's my fourth. Your turn. Should we do one more? Well, I was going to say, you had one from Twitter that you was asked to you, so do you want to take that one? Um, I don't know how long we've got left and how... Okay, I, I can try and incorporate two questions for the price of one, if you like. Go for it. Okay, so I've been asked by Overlike Rover, who is at Overlike Rover IS, would love to know more about Mark P's time in the wrestling business. So, of course, you know, being a Twitter user I am, I've actually seen that because this came in four days ago. So, um, I've had quite a... Quite a while. I've seen it. I've seen that question a couple of times. So one, what I wondered is, 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 is it possible to sort of try and incorporate that into? Would it be a good idea? I should say to incorporate that into a episode. I'm sorry, question where we both talk about our days training because we've both done wrestling training quite extensively. Um, or do you think that's an episode in its own right? That is episode in its own right. Okay, so. I don't know if there's a short version of it. How much do you know, Dan, about my time in the biz? 
enough to be able to ask you lots of questions oh, about it. Good, all right. And so I, my, <laughs> my first fury and my first ventures into the wrestling business, actually as a, a participant, I'd done wrestling training in 2010, um, but we'll talk about that on if, if we do an episode about training. I'd love to do that. I'd also like to get that's the that's the type of episode where we need someone like Bobby Cash. Or we said, we can do, an said do a yeah, do a, a do a one with an episode a, a, with an episode. What the fuck's an episode? One with a guest is what I was trying to say. Fuck off, Jesus Christ, that's terrible. I went to Future Shock in 2011. I went to GPW, which is Grand Pro Wrestling, in 2012. And um, I, I thought a couple of times I'd love to give, because I used to do the commentary in UBW as Sir Arthur Hayes, for those who don't know. And I, I always thought I've, I can talk. I can, I'd can. i like to give being a commentator a try. So I got in touch with a guy who ran GPW at the time. His name was Johnny Brannigan. And just said, look, what would I have to do to get a tryout for a commentary gig? Um, if you want to know what I sound like, this is what I do. So unfortunately, I had to, had to send him some fucking backyard matches, which went well, well obviously. But yeah. I didn't really think anything of it until I got an email saying, right, you've got a tryout, but you're doing it on a show. <laughs> which was those right so you get a baptism by fire don't you so of course um, yeah met, sometimes that's the, that's the best way to do yeah, it yeah of course i wouldn't have it i wouldn't have had it any other way wouldn't have it you know big 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 show a lot of people there um but um yeah my, my co-commentator that day was one bobby cash who you've seen on the uh, cashing out marking out slides. um cashing out ca- cashing in marking out that's easy for me to say series um and he was very 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 good he was very, um, he calmed me down a lot because I was so nervous about doing this and fucking it up. Just was so frightened about fucking it up. It's one of those stuff. It's been recorded to go on the DVD. If it's crap, it just won't go on the DVD. It's, it's that yeah. simple. Um, but I, I can't remember any of the matches now, I'm afraid. But I, I did, did like the first match. I did the, the opening bit and that all went well. Did the first match. And then while there was a, a segment going on in the ring, Bobby turned our mics off and just went, dude, you need to slow the fuck down. You're talking way too fast. So yeah, he was he was fucking great for that. Um, and I did. Sorry, I, did, I just thought of something. I just need to go to, on. To please do something because you also spent a bit of time as a as promoter. As a promoter for, for my you did oh, a, oh yeah, you I did, did. Yeah, I did that. But that's that's two years later, isn't it? I was going to come to that. Um, so okay, yeah. if you're going to come to it, I just, it just I w- made I w- me laugh. I will be yeah. coming to that one. Don't worry. Um, just because because the, the cheap plug opportunity has got to be taken, I'm afraid. Just, um, if you could just somehow incorporate that footage into the video. Oh, just... of course. Yeah, I can do that. Um, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's a given. Okay, so I worked for GPW for just over a year. I think I called maybe seven, eight shows of theirs. Um, interestingly, we um, we started up on the, on the, up on the balcony above the ring. And then after three or four shows, we got moved to ringside, which was good because it meant that we could um, have spots happening around us, which was fantastic. And it also meant it's good to be part of the crowd. It meant we also, um, my, my colour commentator guy, and I, Bobby Cash got the ring announcing gig. So me and Bobby, and I'm sorry, I can't for the life of me remember my name, the guy's name. <laughs> I just cannot remember what his fucking name was. But me and my, my colour commentator would all come out at the start of the show and we'd stand in the ring, which is always a cool little experience, wasn't it? And it, it was what the other things I loved about GPW is that the fans booed me every fucking time. <laughs> every single show when I was introduced, I got booed. I got booed every single time and I loved you're, it. You're Obviously, I, well, yeah, I was going to say, I would pretend to be all cross and like, come on, what have I done this time sort of thing? But inside, I was marking out so hard every single yeah. time. We got... Um, in UBW when you were in the role of the face. <laughs> I was the good guy. You, I still got booed. And you just get booed. We had a match. We had a match with I had a match with Crusher J who was I, I did an open challenge so it's UBW versus an any SNW wrestler who hadn't wrestled for us before and I <laughs> come out so I'm representing UBW in front of UBW's home fans and I still fucking got booed. That's how fucking good a heel I am. I just, I, everyone hates me, which is great. My goodness me, am I looking forward to tonight. A great deal. Making his way, though, to the ring as we speak. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. Champagne making his way to the ring Fuck to face an as yet unnamed SNW wrestler that he challenged on the last episode of Recoil. It, it, you, you have this natural magnetism for heat, you know? It just... <laughs> I'm just a dick, and I like being a dick to people. And and you don't need to do anything. And I don't, like... and I don't mind getting my comeuppance. That's the important thing. So um, yeah. Bob, Bobby Cash and I got the gig with Great Bear Wrestling. 
which was um, a really good time because we, whereas GPW exists in its own sort of own little bubble. So um, it, there's, there's GPW and there's no other wrestling out there. That's that's how GPW works. Where with Great Bear, I could t- I could say to you, it's it's Josh, it's Josh Bowden versus T Bone, and this match happened. Believe it or not, this match happened about two months ago at XPW, for argument's sake. And um, yeah, you can guarantee that Josh will be wanting his rematch tonight. Something new, or looking forward to getting revenge now, or something like that. It was, Great Bear was a fun promotion, and so we we Bobby Cash and I had a lot of fun. Um, Calling the matches with both Bobby and um, my other guy. I think his name was Phil. I'm going to call him Phil. Fuck it. The thing with Phil, with Phil is that we um, what I what I did is I, I went back and watched a lot of um, Monsoon and Heenan commentary ways commentary match um, commentary ways fuck commentary on matches because I wanted I'm just getting ahead of myself because I wanted to see the way that's where that came from. Um, I wanted to see how they interacted. And what I what I what I realised was um, one of the things that Monsoon's really good at for is he 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 sets up lines for Heenan, constantly peppers them throughout the match. So you're thinking to yourself as a as a lead commentator, you're thinking, what can I say that will get a react get the right reaction? Constantly doing that, and if you can find that way of bouncing off each other, so I'll say something that is obviously going to be contradictory. Or if I say something that, uh, well, I think this guy does this, and you know, the comic letters, oh, well, you like blah, blah, blah. You're a god, you know, inferring that I'm an idiot. So that sort of thing was, um, was always really good fun. Bobby took it to the next level, though, because he, he, he started developing his own character. Um, and he had he had little things like there was a, a character called da- Dangerous Damon Lee, DDL. And he uh, he had this gimmick where he, um, if, <laughs> if he did a suplex in a match, he'd go, and that's one! Yeah. <laughs> and so Bobby Cash got a whiteboard that he put next to him during DDL matches and we'll put a little one on the thing and if he did a second one that's two two and yeah he's, yeah. Hold, he's holding up two on this cooking great big but it was so fucking fun it was so yeah. much fun we saw that's um, kind of like what it should be wrestling, wrestling regardless of what aspect of it you're looking at it mm. should at the, oh, the end God, of the day it was so much fun, fun. It was so much fun. I loved doing both of them, but the problem, the problems occurred were that GPW was about a two-hour drive away from my house, and the way that because I didn't have much money back in the day, the way I was able to go to shows was was basically take a car full of people, and if ever if yep. everyone gave me a fiver, there's twenty quid's worth of petrol. And where we lived at, at the time, we could get to pretty much any show we wanted to go to on twenty quid. Um, um, so I was taking a car full of people to GPW. But I wasn't getting paid, and that yeah. after a while, with some gentle coaching by coaxing, sorry, by certain individuals, went maybe just go to Johnny and say, um, "I need fuel money at least, or I need to bail." So you know, and he wouldn't give me any. He wouldn't give me fuel money at all. So I handed my notice in there, and they're like, "Tonight's nice, my last show." I'm sorry, I can't. I can't afford to keep doing this because. But what it really was is that um, we had Bobby Cash and I had a fallen out. Uh, mm-hmm. During the Great Bear days, I used to either have a joint or I'd have a pint of cider before shows just to calm my nerves. And on this one particular show that we did in Sandbach, um Bobby said to me, "Look, you don't need to do that. You, you're good enough without it." And I was so I, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, you're actually, you know, you're actually right. Cheers for that, mate." Did the show without alcohol or a smoke, and um, I was crap. I was really, really, really bad kept tripping over my words it's the, it's the worst show i did by a mile and i so i used to do a video here on youtube after every show that i'd done to say i did this and i've done that and i, I like this bit i've fucked up this bit little things like um like we had lee and jim hunter you know the hunter brothers at a, a great bear not a great bear a gpw show and they'd never performed there before and i really wanted to put them over like this is a fucking great tag team they really you know, if you if you know your stuff you've seen these guys before and you know how good they are Dickhead Mark got the wrong brother wrong, didn't I? So I called Jim Lee and Lee at Jim all through the match. And I realised as they hit their finishers, like, oh, fuck, I've been calling the wrong one. And so that was, you know, shit like that where you're just like, oh, man. But again, you learn from it and it gave you that experience that, you know, you, you'll always have. And, yeah. you know, you take away Definitely. from that positive as well. But, but, so. but most of you know, so... That was I'd have things like that, but this time I just would tripped over all my words, and so I did. So I did a vid, like I say, I will do a video after every one. And on this one, I said that story that I've just said there. Bobby said to not have a thing, and Bobby took exception to that on the 
video because he thought that I was blaming Bobby for my bad performance, which is not why how it meant how it was meant to come out at all. It was just it was like I said, I normally had a smoke. Bobby said don't, and I was like, yeah, it was all on me. Going, yeah, I fucking won't. You're right, I won't. Um, so we had a big falling out, you know, and then so that meant because Bobby was the ring announcer at GPW, like I say, that meant there was tension backstage that I really didn't like. And because Bobby yeah. trained at GPW, that I was never going to go. Well, I need you to fuck off. So I was just like, look, I'm going to do the, the right thing. So I was already thinking like three or four shows out. Like I don't think I'm going to be doing this for much longer. And no. then so then yeah, you know, like I say, I had to be paid, and then I wasn't because we got paid a great bear. That's the important thing. It wasn't much, but we got paid a great bear didn't get paid at GPW. So by the end of the 2013, I, like I said, I handed my notice in and I thought that was it. And then I wasn't didn't have anything to do with the business for about a year, but in between, and this is where Dan was going earlier on, um, I got talked into doing a charity wrestling show in a little town called Congleton, which is the town that I grew up in. It's about, if you imagine Manchester's here and Birmingham's here, Congleton is bang in the middle right in the middle so it's a commuter town no fucker works there lots of people live there and um, we got to convince to do a charity wrestling show at a church that my mum goes to and that um, a girl we used to know um, went to and they wanted to do a charity wrestling show and Muggins here got basically roped because I used to know a lot of the Brit Rest guys I knew the promoters I knew the wrestlers I got roped into doing the majority of the work and to put on this show, and uh, if you ever see, you, know, you see like here, you know, my my, um, my hair's grey, like there, there. That was um, that wasn't the case until the day of this show. I used to have, you know, brown cord hair, whatever, and that literally the stress of it um, made me <laughs> made me start going grey. So I, it was, <laughs> thank you, dude. So it was, um, <clears throat> it was. The wrestlers did it for free, because that's what they do, but they still need fuel money, and the ring hire cost X amount of money. So we knew that if we get X amount of people through the doors, then we at least break even, and we'll put on an entertaining night for the people who came. Um, we found out there was like a, a um, it's called Party in the Park in Congleton. They have it every few years, and they have this massive, massive concert in the, in the park, in the town. And we found out after we booked the church hall and got the wrestlers in place and everything was all in place, Parting the Park was announced for the same fucking night. So we just went, went from a potential audience of hundreds to a potential audience of tens and then a potential audience of ones. <laughs> in the end, I think there was 60 people there. So we made, we made, we broke even and we made a bit of money to give to the charity. And then what we did, we were clever, is we made, I think we made 30 copies of the DVD and we sold all of them. And we sold those for a tenner a time. So that meant, and basically all, all, all the DVD production was done for free. So we made, yep. you know, we actually, the actual bulk of the money for the show was actually made on the DVDs that I bet no one's ever watched. <laughs> well, there, there is one moment, which is why I'm laughing yeah. at the a wrestlers did it for free thing. So uh, uh, there, there is one special moment. Do you want, on do, you want do you want to tell them why? Because you love it so much. I rather would hear it from you because oh. it involved just I, I don't want to say the wrong bit though so or, 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 I don't hope... why don't you just play it yeah yeah good good way of doing it this happened Thank you. 
one back. One last Say, I must say that the I am selling, of course, but I'm of selling course. fucking well. And the thing is, um, my you know that's Dave, and he didn't tell me what he was going to do beforehand. And so yeah, I think a lot of I think half and half of my face, my my face is is half you fucking cunt. I can't believe you just done that. <laughs> Versus trying to sell it, you know, in character sort of thing. Um, if anyone's wondering. I'm sure no one is, but just in case, um, Dave Rain, the guy you just saw, went and found my mum after the show. I was like, were well, you alright with that? And mom, my mum calls a cucumber one. Of course I was. I know you don't mean it. And then wandered off. And it was all fine, but I was like, I had to spend the whole of the second half of the, on the commentary in the back of my mind going, God, my mum is going to kill me. She is not good. Or oh, she'll kill Dave. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> should have, should have given her options like, let her spin the wheel. <laughs> it's on wheel? Every fucking every time. time, every time. Um, that was my only interaction with the business for a while, and then I got asked out of nowhere. Um, I went to a tidal wrestling show in Carlisle with um, the former Crusher J and uh, K Bar, Ryan Hendricks and Josh Bodum to you and I, and we went to a, went to the show. They came to stay the night with me, and then we went to went to the show, and they. Um, yeah, we were talking on the way up about the old UEW days, as you can probably imagine. And um, Ryan, just out of nowhere, just goes, look, so we're thinking about setting up our own promotion. And if we do that, would you do the commentary for us? And, and of course, like, quick as a flash, because it's one of those, that's never going to happen. Yeah, I would love to do that. Sir Arthur Hayes rides again and is actually in a proper promotion. How fucking dope is that? Um, yeah, and actually, believe it or not, it came to comment, came to fruition, but not as the commentator. I got changed. It got changed after a couple of months. So, how about you do the ring announcing instead? And so, this, you've, go you've got a good personality for doing that kind of stuff, anyway, because you've you've been you've made videos. You're good at talking like to people and explaining things. So, being put in that role isn't a detriment to you. I don't yeah, think. I think that's. But, what I found is that um, let me let me God, this is such a fucking long story, isn't it? And there's still so much left. Um, do you remember Dan came to mind recently? Okay, I don't know when. So done when you, when when you're watching this, but when when we're recording this, Dan came to mind three days ago, and we went to the gym together. And did you notice Dan when we did the? If you've seen my vlog about it, you know Dan did the filming of me being in the gym. Did you notice that the moment you started filming, just there was a complete change in my personality? To yes. just just a straight right. I'm going to talk to the camera now. Talking to a camera is effortless for me. I know a lot of people don't like having the photos taken. They don't like having video. You know, stick a camera in the face and like fuck off. Um, so when I was doing GPW, we would have every so often they would want us to film pieces to camera about the show or what's coming. Up. Well, no, so normally we'd be on the uh, the stairs where we had. We came in through the entranceway and there was like a set of stairs going down to the, like, the lower level. And they normally have us on the lower bit so you could see the people coming in behind us. 
I was mm-hmm. crap at those. I was oh, I was always fluff my lines. You know, it, 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 you know, you'd have a set amount of things that you had to say, and I would I get them in the wrong order, or I'd fuck them up, or I'd forget them entirely. And they always looked wank. I was always so much happier if the camera is on me and I'm just on my own, like we are now. I'm sat in my room with my dog. Yeah, I can talk to you guys through the fucking lens and as long until the cows come over. If there was people behind me, I don't think I'd be so comfortable. But I just thought, come on, this might be the only time you ever do this as a ring announcer. And again, if you crap at it, you just won't do it again. It'll be that simple. So the actual, um, this is for South Coast Wrestling, and this was in 2015. It's quite a while ago now. But I, um, I just remember being terrified because the actual introduction bits are dead simple you know you can write them down if you want or you can you know, just try and memorize them yeah you know, and it's from where they are if you're doing that and watch the way who they are it's not difficult and you know and then you do it at the right time and everything's all good but the banter and the interaction between you and the audience that's the bit that i was just like oh god yeah oh god but what it did <laughs> do sorry to interrupt you what it did do is meant that i did shit like this Coast Wrestling. It is mighty cold outside, but we have got a red hot knife. That is an awful line, isn't it? Is that the cheesiest line you've ever heard? I thought I was going to say that. I thought it was something so good. I thought it was something so good. That's awful. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we've got a tables match for you. So you see, so you see that may be the worst thing I've ever said. Um, especially to a paying audience. That was on the second show that I did. And I, I, I made the people laugh by making fun of myself. And that meant that I was at ease. And I literally, for the rest of the night, I was relatively comfortable. And the reason I have to say relatively is I <laughs> I came out um, in the intermission. I, sorry, in the second half, the first match went down and I got into the ring to announce the winner and my pants split. <laughs> So I'm trying to do like this, the rest of the half, like I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to introduce the next match, holding my pants together, and then I have to go backstage trying to find someone, anyone, has anyone got some smart trousers off the bench when no one has. I have to put in the jeans that I was wearing to you know to drive down to the show, just because I've got no fucking pants. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I think it's fair to say that Jobber. <laughs> Captain yeah. Jobber it's, it's the only word we can really, you know, associate with you at this point. But no, you've had you've had your ups and downs in the business, but you've always you've taken away from it in either constructive, you know, constructive ways to improve yourself, depending yeah. on what role you've yeah, taken. Yeah, and I've got all the respect in the world for people who can do it for a long time because, um, yeah, I um, I really struggled with it. At it's first. a tough business yeah, to, it's, to it's, well it's, in. If you if you're if you've got that natural, I mean, the, the commentary was easy. Commentary was effortless, but God, I mean, I, I, I would have pages and pages and pages of notes about every wrestler, and if it was in, like if it was in GPW, for example, it was like pretty much every feud they've ever had. If they've won championships yeah. and when and what show, notes, notes, notes. I just I thought you can never be too prepared with the ring mm. announcing thing. It's all about reading the room, so yeah, you, you can't make notes for it. You've just got to go on the call and the fight. And like I say, it terrified me. Absolutely terrified me. But at the same time, I'm so glad that I did something that's so not very me. You know? Yeah. And then, so yeah, but so, so the, the rest the rest of my time in the wrestling business is all about wrestling training, which we'll talk about on an episode yeah, another time. Um, I should oh, just say, just, just, while, just while we're on this topic, though, you see how I've got this bullshit thing here? This is because, and this is a bit of a spoiler here for you, I, um, I've been asked to play a general manager in a wrestling promotion that's starting up soon. I was asked three, nice. three months ago, which is why ever since I've been growing my hair out, because I want to be an absolute arsehole heel general manager. If this happens, and it will involve cutting promos to the crowd, which is, again, something that absolutely terrifies me. But and it's, yeah, if, if it happens, it, there's, there's no guarantee it's going to happen at all. But it's just that, oh, so I've been out of the business for a few years, and here I am again, contemplating I getting back in. I think it's wonderful, though, that a, a new company starting up um, wants, you know, wants you to just be yourself. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I think, I think on that bombshell, since we've just clicked over an hour, I think we're going to leave it there. 
This has been a lot of fun, hasn't it? I'm sorry, yeah, that, man, that was a long, long one, that one, at the end. Hey, man, you answered. It's about what the people want. You answered the questions. Yeah, like I say, the rest of my time in the wrestling business is when I trained with Future Shop. That's another story for another time. Next time, I'll be more prepared because I'll actually come with, like you had, a format for questions. Never be too Right yeah. then, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. thoroughly hope you've enjoyed this one, episode as what? Who knows what we'll be talking about next time. The only way to find out is hit that subscribe button, isn't it? Ding ding, we hit the bell and all that jazz. You had something to say there, boss? I no, I was just saying that I know what we're going to be talking oh, about next oh, time. Oh, yeah, you know, you're here. Yeah. You I know. know. So yeah. wait until next time. Unless this is the future, then you will hear No, I think I've, uh, I've earned my right to put you on the spot next time, so oh. we'll... Uh... So, um, yeah, all our social media is down below, and uh, yeah, thanks for watching, and we will see you all very soon. Take these guys.